a product bought in isolation will just address one area, but it's likely to create complexity and possibly deviation from the rest of the organization. Hi, I'm Duncan Pryor, digital transformation consultant and host of the Making Things Work podcast. I love looking for innovative and creative ways to make work better so that we can get the balance right in our lives and have seen how leadership and teams can accomplish that. In this podcast series, we meet a group of executive leaders to understand what leadership means to them and their approach to delivering transformation and change in the workplace so that teams achieve great things and people see their careers flourish. Today, we're talking to Jacko Vermolen, a CTO with BML Digital, who works with organizations to ensure that their technology strategy is connected to their business strategy and to help them to make appropriate technology investments and choices and change. Welcome, Jacko. Thank you. Thanks, Duncan. So at BML Digital, we talk about, it's all about the people rather than the technology. So the role of a person coming from the technology side in these situations, how does that fit into the process? I think it's very appropriate that it's about the people because technology, it's, it's just a tool to enable the business and having the right tools for the business. So the people need to be able to perform their business functions, their processes in a way that is not too disrupting, overly technical. It needs to be intuitive and easy to use, basically weaving the business seamlessly together. So if it's not about the people, then the shift is purely about the technology and it neglects the use of that technology. Is there anything more you can expand on that, perhaps with an example? Yeah, um, I've seen in several organizations where there's a consideration to either adopt latest buzzword technology, be it big data at some point, everybody wanted big data, and invested in the tools to do so, and then ultimately did not have a use for it, spent millions, but it did not yield any business value. People either couldn't use it or couldn't apply it to the business, in part because they didn't define the outcomes that they want to achieve with this technology. It's not just about the people and how they use it, but the outcome that you want to achieve with this technology needs to be right for the people. And therefore, different tools that seems the same, if we take CRM systems, for example, there's a variety in the market, but they don't necessarily all equally fit with the same organization because they need to serve different outcomes. And therefore, you need to take into account people's maturity within the business, how they intend to use it, and what does it need to deliver over which period of time. Right. So what we're saying is even though new things have come along, such as Internet of Things and big data and new technologies, you can still end up just as it was with ERP systems and so on, where the tool choice is sort of leading rather than what you're actually doing. Indeed. And that's a big stumbling block for a lot of people, a lot of organizations, is the tool is sometimes decided before it's clear what is needed. We do at BML, and the work that I do directly with um, companies is to look at what do they actually need, rather than to just go straight to a product that is either well-marketed or incorrectly perceived to be the answer to their problems. 
So a lot of the work that I do is helping organizations understand what their real problems are and not the problems in isolation, but the problems that the organization face across the board because a product bought in isolation will just address one area, but it's likely to create complexity and possibly deviation from the rest of the organization. That's where you come in. Indeed. So a lot of times it's not just about, I must say, not just opportunity. There's more a realization that there is a problem and the organization would try to address the problem by what is unfortunately an uninformed approach to find what seems to be on the surface, the solution, without really clarifying what they want to achieve. It can start with both a problem and an opportunity, but it is directly leaping to what solution they need rather than to unpack what do they want to achieve, what the scope is, and what the outcomes need to be in relation to everything else within the organization. So when you've come into these situations, what's your approach? How do you actually turn the thing around to be pointing in the right direction? My standard approach is to not just, as I said, work in isolation. It's to get a sense across the business of all the things in play. So understanding the current state, when we talk about strategy, the entire business strategy, because you don't just want to address technology in a very small area. Most of my work is not just focused on delivering one small bit or a product, but it is to support an organization that's usually uh, having legacy technology, legacy ways of working, and would ideally want a quick fix in one area, but needing to bring all the other aspects to the fore. So my approach is to bring out problem statements and opportunities across the various business functions, define those scopes and the outcomes, and then create some transparency up to the executive level where they could see everything that's in play. It just makes it a bit more clear that one one solution, one fix, or one product is not going to necessarily address all the problems that they have as well as then giving them the opportunity to really prioritize where they want to invest instead of just going down the path of a single project in isolation and potentially another project in isolation without them joining up to give the outcome for the business yet seems to deliver the objectives of a single area. Yeah. Once you've got to that point, how do you sort of figure out what the organization actually needs there I say it's sometimes a bit of intuition. Seeing the patterns, but it's having that visibility, tying it into the business strategy so we can see what the business wants to achieve and needs to achieve over a certain period of time. Then getting into the potential areas of quick wins, if it can be made, yep. and items that needs to be addressed strategically. So we can look at the technology needed to really move them forward um, on the strategic objectives. So the prioritization is very important because that drives from the interest of the business, be it the investors that has a, a certain investment timeline or objective, be it profitability or uh, valuation. 
that can sometimes be a, a big factor. But the other part is to look at where the biggest constraints are within a business. I, I know I said problem statements a few times, and those problems then translate into where, where you can make wins, be it operational efficiency or revenue improvements. So the technology then looks at the state of the organization and, and what they need for them to achieve those outcomes. At the moment, you are working with a number of private equity-backed businesses. Yes. So can we talk a bit about that? I don't think I appreciated the extent to which technology investment is coming into the considerations of uh, yes. sort of private equity-owned businesses. And I think there's, there's probably a different range of private equity businesses. You have the pure technology, so they've got a product that's very technology-orientated. Okay. Um, and then you've got several other businesses, which is actually the predominant um, private equity portfolios, are businesses that are profitable, high revenue. Um, operationally, they look sound. So from a financial and legal perspective, it looks like a very good investment. Yet those businesses all operate within a modern digital world. However, they grew organically, primarily very limited investment in the technology. They, they will have systems in place, but it's usually fairly antiquated systems. It's disconnected. There's a lot of manual working, paper-based records that if you don't look under the surface, you won't see it. So what's coming through from private equity firms is a realization that in a digital world, those businesses that they've invested in need to be able to be firstly stable, because a lot of times if you work with legacy systems and ways of working, you don't have the same stability. You, you have a disruption such as COVID where people can't work from home or from anywhere because they need to be in an office to do the physical processes and paper handling or doing data transfers between systems because they all sit on premise rather than delivered through the cloud. So that's a big part that they realize their businesses can't operate in a digital world the way they used to. If they look to acquire a business, also what investment is required to make sure that that business is as profitable as it could be, driving operational efficiencies, but also how it can scale and be flexible within the market so that when the day comes that the private equity firm wants to sell the business, that it is in a state that it gets the highest valuation possible because it won't require additional investment to ensure that that business operates at the level that a new acquirer would expect. Your approach, though, is, is to then identify the, the technology investment required, but there's still a, a kind of practical approach to it so that it's not necessarily about just picking packages and moving to the cloud for the sake of it. No, no, it is very much a pragmatic approach looking at that, what the business needs to achieve. Uh, it's not a matter of just leaping at technology, moving to the cloud for the sake of moving to the cloud. It's what is appropriate for the, that organization. And it differs from organization to organization. Also, the, the likelihood of certain items being adopted would be. So where there might be value in things like virtual reality, introducing such innovative solutions 
might not necessarily be appropriate for the business. It, it could be seen as valuable and the customers might like it. But if it's going to take such a big adoption curve that it will yield limited value, then it's probably not appropriate to invest in that or have it as a priority. You need to set a foundation first. And that ties in very much with digital transformations. I think we get it in all flavors where somebody say digital transformation for one person, it is, oh, you're getting a website and an app. Yeah. Or another is, find me the most innovative use of blockchain or virtual reality. For a lot of the private equity-owned firms that I work with, for them, it's a true digital transformation where they go from being paper-based, disconnected, to data-driven, seamlessly integrated, and automated ways of working. The solutions and the approach you're proposing, it does depend on the people and their capability of the organization to adopt the approach you're proposing. It's not just done in isolation. No, it is not looking at the technology for the technology's sake, hmm. but how the people can use it. And therefore, taking a pragmatic approach to that change as well. A roadmap is all good and well, and it could speak to management to say that you will deliver certain capabilities at a certain point in time. Usually, delivering the technology can be very easy. Ensuring that the technology is adopted and being put to full use to gain your business benefit, to achieve those outcomes that you've set, to realize the operational savings or increased revenue, that requires the people to adopt it and be able to use this technology or the tools. And I think I, I should sometimes say, call myself a chief tools officer rather yeah. than a chief technology officer because they are just tools for the business. They need to be able to use those tools to do those operational functions, to be able to interact with customers. Um, and therefore, if it's not adopted, then you've got a tool that sits on a shelf or in this case, sits on a system somewhere in the cloud. It's not going to deliver the return the company is looking for. No, it needs to be a pragmatic roadmap that fits in with how the, comp the business itself can transition from the not-so-digital ways of working to a modern way with the right tools. Such a holistic approach to technology strategy, is it well-received by the boards? What I've found in most cases, uh, and the feedback I've received, is it's a refreshing approach. Great. They historically have seen it as IT and their systems, and it's nearly pushed to one side, and they'll have a systems implementer or a system provider that deals with it as IT. And it's, here's the new system, here's how the things work, there you go. And never have, was the consideration taken. How does the business operate? What does the business need? How does it relate to all the parts of the business? Things were done in isolation and it was done as a IT deliverable rather than a business change project. So it was always ownership within IT not owned by the business and therefore not delivering a tool for the business, but basically give, just giving something in their hands and say, there, there, that's what you've got now, use it. Yeah. So it's been very welcomed by the executive boards that I work with. 
especially within the operational space, where that's usually mostly disconnected from the IT side. Yes. Amongst very senior, perfectly confident people, there can be a reluctance to engage in these conversations. You're giving people the opportunity to have those conversations. You mentioned AI. We, We know AI, currently people would put that label on anything from enhanced analytics or being just pure data-driven automation. So it's labeled AI for the sake of selling AI yes, rather than to inform the business that what they really get is data-driven informed decisions and automation that comes off clean data points where you've established business rules. So it's not about eliminating people but it becomes about empowering the people to do the right thing. So that you've got value add from a human that is, I mean, we, we are really yes. more creative than a machine. I don't think machines are that creative. Yeah. But letting the machine take care of the administrative, the dull, repetitive tasks and let the people do the value add where you need human interpretation, where you need to define the business rules, where you want to engage with individuals on a more personal level. Uh, Bots is a prime example of implementing chatbots are great, but you need to be clear that it's a bot and it's there to help navigate a customer through interface. But ultimately, you will still need humans to resolve certain things. Some items might be pure transactional and the bot can handle it. Yeah. But others is very much rooted to the human because the human will have that personal engagement that us, as humans, expect from anybody else as well. Yeah. So why would we do it any different? That customer experience can be enhanced, but it's going to be, or, or not, if, it's, if you just see it as a purely uh, kind of siloed implementation of, of, of something to sort of save money. Yeah, um, and customer experience, the, the rules about Consistency, convenience, and coherence are vital. Uh, and, and a chatbot in isolation will not achieve that for you. It might seem like it will deliver operational efficiencies, and, and they do. They do help with those initial allocations of what, what do you want to do, who do you need to talk to. But it does not replace the, the human at the end of a telephone or at the end of a chat window. You understand you really are keen to oversee the delivery to make sure that outcome is realized for an organization. And could you talk to me a bit about how you do that? For me, it's usually about empowering the business. So I work very closely, especially with the private equity-owned businesses, to ensure that they not necessarily just get the new technology, but that they improve the ways of working. And that ways of working is also how they handle change. So it's introducing change methodologies where there's usually none. Portfolio management, product management principles, and upskilling their resources to start to adopt those processes and methodologies while we run any digital transformation program. So they learn and adopt and see the benefits of that way of working and managing change as we deliver. And keep it in bite size. Don't try and do everything at once. It needs to stack up 
So you start with foundations, get that in. And whilst working with that, we can start to look at the other areas. So people know what's coming. They can prepare themselves for it. And getting the buy-in across the business. But it's really to empower those individual organizations to be self-sufficient because you don't want to have them believe that they will be stuck with a consultancy or wholly dependent on systems implementers for the entire life cycle of their investment. Yeah, it's fascinating. So these are the business leaders you're talking about, building that confidence so that they can then lead the technology investment over time and the delivery of projects and programs without it being some sort of third-party situation or, or the technology function itself. A lot of my work is to help those businesses recruit the right skills that they need to complement, both at the executive level and into their teams. Yeah. Is this coming back to what you were sort of fundamentally motivated by, getting back to those principles about what we're really trying to achieve together as an organization? Yeah, very much so. It is, what do they want to achieve? What's those objectives? And delivering the outcomes. It's quite important to not just deliver a product, but to deliver an outcome. Yep. And that's where I see the, the real business value. And I like to see businesses actually getting value from what I do with them. And importantly, do with them, not to them. Yeah. They can see the outcomes realize the benefits and not just see it as it is technology or it's a new IT system, yep. but that they experience it as a changed way for the business. So that what would be the one thing you'd want someone to take away from the conversation today? In terms of what BML and myself bring is to ensure that you achieve your outcomes. Yep. A message for any business that's considering modernizing, don't know if they need to modernize, is look transparently across the business. What are your problems? Where are your pain points? What do you want to achieve? Um, and bring those together and then prioritize what needs to be done. Don't try and do it all and don't just do things in isolation. How can we connect with you, Jacko, to carry on this conversation? BMLdigital.com. You can get hold of me and several others from BML there, and LinkedIn, and search for Jacko Vermeulen. All right. Well, thanks very much, Jacko. It's been great to talk to you today, and all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Duncan. This podcast series is produced by Mark Gardner and Catherine Cunning at Oxford Sound Studios, Oxford, UK.